Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, Reiki master teacher, medium, and author of my newest book, The Last in a Trilogy, entitled A New Life Awaits, Spirit-Guided Insights to Support Global Awakening, which shows us that our modern-day challenges are not merely economic, political, or social, but a spiritual disconnect from our inner true being or soul reality. And I am most delighted today to welcome Dr. Jeffrey Schmidt, a 40-year veteran scientist and university professor at Wake Forest University School of Medicine, who brings to us his knowledge of the sacred healing plant, tobacco. He helped to start a company to fight diseases like Parkinson and Alzheimer's based on this research on nicotine. He will also describe AOMR, a website and app dedicated to understanding tobacco dependence and its implications. Hello, Dr. Schmidt, and thank you for joining us today on Healing from Within. It's terrific to be with you. Please call me Jeff, and hello to all your listeners. Well, my next word was going to be Jeff. <laughs> so, <laughs> Jeff, as, so you intuited what I was going to say. Jeff, as listeners of Healing From Within are well aware, my guests and I share intimate stories and insights leading us to recognize we are much more than our physical body and energetically within have so much knowledge and wisdom that can help us handle any challenge and create inspired thoughts and help from universal source and that can help us uh, create a productive, healthy and fulfilling life journey. In today's episode of Healing from Within, Dr. Jeffrey Schmidt will show that unhealthy relationships addiction, dependence, are symptoms. They are the result of deeper causes. So we can, when we help people develop new skills and insights into themselves, get beyond the need to smoke, abuse alcohol, use drugs, or other addictions. The program he has developed dares people to grow and evolve. And that's, that's what we were born to do but we lose track of that somehow along the way. So, Jeff, I always love to ask my guests to think back to their childhood and remember a person, place, or event that may have had a lasting impression on them and perhaps even guided them to the work and lifestyle they enjoy now as an adult. So that's a great back. that's a great question. Yeah. And I yeah. know and I you always know, get I... such fantastic answers. So think back. Well, yes, indeed. Five and a half years old, Denver, Colorado, where I grew up, my parents took me to a extraordinarily traditional Japanese restaurant, one of these restaurants where you are sat in a room in a sunken table by yourself, and a, a uh, chef, a woman in a, in a kimono comes and ceremonially prepares food in front of you. And, you know, before that, I had no idea that um, something so common as food preparation could be sacred. And that was the beginning of a whole series of events that, that uh, happened over the next three years, between five and eight years old, where I saw the sacred, sacred being imbued upon the mundane. And that really, when I look back, 
that series of events, starting with that amazing experience in that Japanese restaurant, really informed me that Jesus, if this you know this young kid is experiencing this different take on that, something that's, that's that otherwise really, so yeah, normal. that's really amazing. You know, I'm a Reiki master teacher, and yes, I don't indeed. know how I. Well, I do know how I eventually came to that training. But at that age, when I was your age, uh, I, I was having other experiences also that alerted me to the fact that we were very much more than what the grown-ups around me were telling us. And the beauty in life, in between the fear that so much fear was generated from the outside world and we were imprinted with so many societal patterns. So I think that's a wonderful story. So you were already a sensitive and you were already on the road to understanding there's so much in life to know if we only allow ourselves to open up to the possibilities. Yes, Isn't that wonderful? Now let's go on to you know, how you became a highly respected expert in the neuropharmacology and ethnobotany of tobacco and developing a model for treating tobacco dependence based on native principles of healing, self-awareness, and accountability. So we jump forward now to what has sure. been very important in your life. Well, well, thank you so much. I, um, I've been so fortunate in my life to have done many, many different things, and for the past 25, 30 years, I, I lived a double life where I was a university professor, medical researcher by day, and curandero and practitioner of, of uh, native healing arts by night, essentially. And um, I had a, a remarkable experience in the mid-90s. I was invited to become part of a consortium of researchers that were trying to unravel a major a mystery at that time in neuroscience, and that was how does nicotine do and, and tobacco do what it does in the brain? Because it turns out that it's very, very powerful um, in terms of how it modulates and affects one's state of consciousness. And and so I jumped in because it sounded like such a tantalizing and big project, and I um, ended up working for more than 15 years in research on this particular topic, including taking a company to Wall Street that focused on the discoveries we had made about the beneficial um, properties of nicotine and tobacco when it comes to the, the brain and the nervous system. It turns out that, 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 um, that nicotine actually mimics our body's main neurotransmitter called acetylcholine. And when nicotine is exposed to the brain in different ways, it actually is like an aerobics workout for certain parts of the brain and actually slows and in some cases prevents the onset of neurodegeneration, whether it be Parkinson's disease or Alzheimer's. We learn so, so much. Now, parallel that with... Um, my calling, and it was a calling, it wasn't something I had chosen, um, to study uh, native uh, healing, including, um, you, know, plant, you know, plants and plant healing. And what I learned very quickly was that throughout the world, since the dawn of time, tobacco, where it grows naturally, is considered almost without exception 
the most powerful healing plant, um, the most powerful sacred tool uh, in the plant world that exists. Now, I had to reconcile that that um, incredible dichotomy because, you know, in Western culture, industrialized culture, we're taught that tobacco is a dangerous yes. anathema, toxic, and actually it really is. It's it, The teaching is so is so big, my friend. It's it's that you misuse a powerful tool and yeah. you actually reap pretty serious consequences. Most of these native, most of the native peoples that I had the privilege to work with, would tell you never put, never ever put tobacco smoke in your lungs because that will make you sick. Right. Which was <laughs> quite a quite a discovery. So, so. Um, I have spent many, many years on the, on the, um, you know, with my Curandero folk healer head on uh, teaching and uh, being a spiritual counselor to many, many people. And what I learned in that time was that that addiction, the way that we by and large address what is called addiction and the way that we treat it, um, is a little off the mark because it pathologizes and shames people. And so. I created a uh, online program that is about awakening and empowerment, about all the things that you talk about in your show, how we have within us the capacity and power to transform and to heal, if only we're given the right guidance and space holding to make that happen. So this platform, All of My Relations, is, is about guiding a person through a journey, journey of self-discovery not about tobacco, not about the actual substance of addiction, but rather about what are the what are the beliefs and patterns of being that lead to the unhealthy relationship with tobacco or or, or any other substance. And, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the thing is that uh, fear, genetic or environmental influences. Uh, can make a person try something that they think will bring them happiness and take them from that fear uh, to a, a more loving, happy state. And that's what every experience in life is about. We want to move from the negative or the pain or fear to the positive. And people who are struggling with problems within or from their background or family or job or whatever it is, will look for excuses to feel better. And that's how many addictions start. But let me ask you, who and how are they using tobacco now uh, for other serious diseases? I don't think smoking it. We wouldn't want people to go around smoking it every day and, you know, because it does have serious uh, health issues over time. So how are they using this? Well, in, in traditional, you know, in sort of traditional culture where tobacco is, is used by by healers them, themselves. Yes, that's what um, I'm asking. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it requires a very, very, um, for me, it was a decade-long journey as a student to actually know how to work with the plant as a, as a sacred intelligence. And um, most people aren't really um, don't really want to put in that that much work. It's a completely different cosmological reference frame that one has to uh, enter in and adhere to and and work with. 
whereby we understand that there are a certain number of plants around the world that are called master plants or teacher plants that are no different than, say, the Dalai Lama or a, um, or a, a Mother Teresa, that one has to approach these plants with extreme reverence and be in relationship. And these plants, actually, the intelligence actually informs you. And um, so they become your teachers. So it's not so much a matter of how you use the plant, because, they're, because in this cosmology, they're not tools. They're oh, not I, tools. They are I understand. It's an essence of higher wisdom and universal intelligence. Okay. Yes, that makes sense. Right. Yes. That right. Makes so you enter a co- exactly. Yeah. So you enter a communion and a collaborative relationship yeah. with the plant. As a matter of fact, you know, some people believe that going all the way back to some of the most sophisticated systems of of herbal medicine in the world, such as uh, Chinese medicine or Ayurveda, that in the very early days, the the people that formulated the system itself were actually working shamanically, were actually working in the way that I just spoke of, where they developed a very sacred and deep relationship with a small number of plants, and those and that and from that relationship came information about all the other plants. In the old days, and in, indeed in some really remote cultures, people learn about herbalism not by studying from books or from a human teacher, but from the plants themselves. They learn how to listen. There's a famous uh, plant uh, healer in Guatemala who's known all over the world, and, and she literally works with two or 300 people a day, and she'll go out at the, in the very early dawn before people come to her clinic and walks through the forest, through the jungle, and the plants tell her who's going to come that day and what they need. And so she comes back to the clinic with baskets filled with exactly the herbs that the people who are going to show up need. Yes, that's... And she's often... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's that's fascinating and authentic. There are many ways to heal. I have learned over the course of my Reiki healing practice that I don't say no to anything. There are possibilities and wisdom in all different approaches to healing. And I am for uh, allopathic medicine and alternative healing to be merged because nothing is better than the next. It just will suit one situation perhaps better, you know, at the moment than, than the other. But they must work together cooperatively. That's the path to healing body, mind, and spirit. But let's go on to tell us of the AOMR platform and the apt and what it provides. Yes, indeed. So so the user experience is about um, being held and supported in a journey of self-discovery, and the, and, the, and the process has three components. The first component is simple weekly uh, journaling exercises that help one explore and track uh, where you're at, what your challenges are, and what your triumphs are. The second component are audio-based exercises that take about 10 minutes, and you listen to a, a number of them each month, that help you uh, 
engage with all of the various aspects, some positive, some difficult, when you are on the journey to right relations. So, for instance, um, we have in the first in the in the first month you are um, held and exercises that have to do with frustration and anger because everybody who is working moving through addiction hits that wall at some point and it, and what we teach you is instead of putting on boxing gloves and getting ready to fight with yourself how can you actually create the space and openness and self-compassion to allow that emotion to be what it is and to teach you what it's got to teach you. That's the, that's the second piece is, is 10, 10 minute recorded exercises that help you navigate through all the vast array of, uh, of emotions and, and, and body states as you go through the journey of right relations. The third piece has to do with where modern science comes in. We have original recordings that myself and a, a world-renowned percussionist have done, and underneath those are um, what are referred to as binaural and dichronic beat technology. And those, those subtle sound technologies, what they do is they help support your brain entering into brain states that help you at a given point in your journey stay in a state that is supportive of the theme that you're working in. So we use, it's mostly audio. That's the thing that's really wonderful about it. We designed it so that no matter whether you're working on, on addiction or not, this stuff sounds so great that you'd want to listen to it anyway. And um, it's also all the exercises have some rooting and reference in breath because, you know, breath has a very unique place in in the in in the um, body system because it's something that we do automatically without thinking about it it's autonomic and we can also control it so breath is a bridge between the conscious and the unconscious so with um, every uh, exercise there is we start with breathing because it's one of the best ways to get us into our bodies and help us eventually really control our mental states. Yes, and you describe the music in your program as being very beautiful. Can you tell us uh, beyond the beats that it's going, you know, inducing people to listen to to make the change in the body that they need? Uh, why is the music so beautiful to you? Well, you know, we by design wanted to give people a gift for engaging in hard work. You know, the, the type of person that we are catering to are the types of people that are interested in self-discovery and willing to roll up their sleeves and, you know, sacrifice some time and energy for change. And, you know, oftentimes these sorts of programs are just drudgery. They're just really tough. And, and so my musical collaborator and I asked the question, well, what if we make these really, really wonderful to listen to as a gift to, to the people that are doing all this hard transformational work. The, um, the, my, my musical collaborator is named uh, River Gregarian, and, um, and uh, he is a world-renowned uh, percussionist, has worked with 
musicians all over the world. He has a, a, a renowned world music group called Free Planet Radio, and we've recorded all of these acoustic works in his studio that, uh, that have a beautiful melody and pulse. We use a lot of, a lot of um, hung drums, the, um, the tonal drums that are made of steel that, that are very um, dreamy and mesmerizing. And um, it's, it's roughly, I'd say, falls in the category of uh, sounding like world music. Mm. Well, I've been to many sound bowl healing events, and I know how music is uh, so valuable uh, to the human and soul and divine connection, and it can lift you to a level of awareness and peace and harmony and balance and and healing and love and and it's what the world needs there's so much beauty in music and art and nature and i think uh, you are finding that and offering that to the people who sign up for uh this course and uh, you told us something of their experience what else might their experience be well the the um what we found so far with the with the people that have gone through the the program, we did sort of a, a soft launch and have brought a number of people quite successfully through the program. And um, what they have reported is is that uh, not only have they um, experienced a fairly you know surprising and rapid decoupling of the of the addiction, but they've also found uh, other places in their lives where their habits and patterns were keeping them from from being really healthy and happy. So we were pretty excited about this, that our goal of creating something that wasn't just about tobacco, but about helping people achieve a happier, healthier life in general seems to be working. So that's, uh, that is really, really good. And, good. and you know, uh, such a big piece of this is getting people into their bodies. You know, our body is our greatest teacher. You know, our bodies never lie. And so if we rewire our relationship to our bodies and start listening and start being compassionate to our bodies, that in and of itself it offers tremendous healing, as you know. Yes, feeling is definitely necessary for knowing. <laughs> so, yes, many of us are floating above our body. And when we have trauma, uh, disengage from the feelings and become numb. So, yes, it's very, very important. Now, Jeff, you are a dedicated practitioner and student of the folk healing traditions of Peru and North America. And over the years, your relationship has shifted uh, to working with tobacco. You didn't start off that way. As it, uh, but became a teacher and catalyst for sacred healing. So tell us about the traditions of Peru and a little bit about the tobacco plant. It's called Rustica, I believe, which is pure nicotine, and uh, it is a sacred plant which has been used by many indigenous people. So tell us a little bit about the people you worked with and... Uh, and the experience that you had there. I'm sure you spent some time there. Yes, quite a bit. And over the past few years, I've taken quite a few uh, groups down for, for pilgrimage through my um, organization, uh, Eagle Condor Council. Um, so the, the training, working with plants, as, a, as you do say 
in the jungle um, where the plant grows naturally is, is referred to as the vegetalista tradition, where you actually, as a human being, work with plants as teachers. And one of the things that it requires is extensive dieting, where you eliminate almost everything from your diet with the exception of the, the, the plant that you're working with. So in my case, I've done a number of what are referred to as tobacco diets or tobacco dieta, where I exclude almost everything for long periods for my, di uh, uh, my diet. No salt, no sugar, no fermented foods, no um, meats, just an absolutely bland, minimal diet, just enough to keep you alive and awake. And then every day um, during a, a fasting period, you imbibe uh, the particular plant, and in this case, tobacco. And this is an essential piece of traditional, the traditional way, especially people in the jungle work, in, in order to develop a deep reciprocal relationship with the plant. And... Um, so I've done that with tobacco many times. I've led other people through that through that process. Uh, did you um, ever, did you ever, Jeff, use it? I know some of the shamans may have created a, a fresh pressed drink out of the leaves. Ha, have you ever experienced that? And I I also know um, prayers can be put into what's called mapachos. Mapacho, yes. So, yes, which is like a cigarette, so the, so, yeah. but, but not used for for smoking. So have you experienced right. that? Right. Um, experience and and both uh, and both both things that you cited, I I use on a in my in my work on a regular basis. The tea made from from the uh, wild jungle tobacco is the one that you do the primary dieting on, and that can be ingested by drinking or through snorting through the nostrils. Um, mapacho is a, is essentially refers to uh, the, the smokable form of tobacco that comes from the jungle. It's uh, very strong, very potent. And like you say, with uh, not only with mapacho, but with every form of tobacco, the traditional use never strays from prayer, never strays from a specific healing intention. That's that's essentially the way that that sacred plants in the traditional setting are worked with. One is using the plant in alignment with their prayer. Mm. So, and so, you um, and you have been called a tobacero. Can you tell us what that means? Yeah, that's basically someone who um, uh, has been called by the plant, uh, as I was, and who is gone through a number of diets and initiations uh, and learned traditional tools and techniques to use tobacco as, as a tool, as an agent for, for healing. So it's, there are many, this, is, this, this title sort of fits under the umbrella of vegetalista. There are many different plant specialities, if you will. Uh, we've heard of ayahuascaros, there's Wachumeros, people that work with a sacred cactus, um, peyote roadmen in, uh, um, in the Weishol traditions in, in Central and Mesoamerica. Um, so it's, it's a title that, that basically just says what plant I happen to 
specialize in 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 my traditional work. I kind of like the title. I really kind of like that. So I want to thank you, Dr. Jeffrey Schmidt, for sharing your research and insights into understanding the genetic or environmental or emotional need of some people who uh, have had tobacco dependence and your AORM system recognizing the unhealthy factors that may lead to any of a number of addictive needs and how to find our way past that. To learn more of this approach to healing, go to AORM.com. Is that correct? Um, actually, it's all, allofmyrelations.com. Allofmyrelations.com. Thank you very Indeed. much. Okay. In summarizing today's episode of Healing from Within, Dr. Jeffrey Schmidt has discussed the story of tobacco and other addictive behaviors, offering ways to understand how the brain can be trained to require continued use of a substance once the chemical stimulates receptors, and this creates a feel-good reaction, which is the basis for most addictions. Dr. Schmidt offers a two year-long program using recordings, music, exercise, and ways to know yourself in order to discover why you are addicted in the first place. As we know, some people can use tobacco or any other product socially and occasionally, but do not become addictive. Even when people are aware of the many health problems and deaths generated from excessive use of tobacco, they often are unable to break the habit. Jeff and I would have you seek therapists, hypnotherapists, medical advice, energy healing, practices such as Reiki, acupuncture, craniosacral, as well as program, programs like AORM to find your way past the traumas, fears, and suffering that may have made you accept another unhealthy practice to handle the disconcerting anxiety and pain at the root of all addiction. There is always help available. Often we simply have to ask. I am Cheryl Glick, host of Healing from Within, author of my new book, A New Life Awaits, Insights to Support Global Awakening, which offer ways to navigate these challenging and changing times to develop healthier practices through awareness of self, and I invite listeners to visit my website to hear metaphysicians, scientists, spiritualists, medical practitioners, religious leaders, educators, and those in the arts and music share ways to improve the human and divine condition. Shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you.